So we must introduce to our children Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as their hero of heroes and as their role model. And this is your task as parents and educators. And needless to say, the task of parenting is not an easy one. It requires on your part as a parent patience, love, consistency, and knowledge. The first requirement is patience. As parents, you must exert a high level of patience in handling the growth process of your children. This means do not burst out in anger. You must learn how to handle your anger. And I'll give you a few tips on how you handle your anger. First, you mustn't, as a parent, think that the outpouring of your anger on your children is the solution for their behavioral problems. This is not the solution. Children can and will make you angry. You know why? Because they are messy, nosy, slow learners, and high-maintenance creatures. But let's say the truth. They brighten up the house. They leave the lights on all the time. They demand your time, energy, attention, and resources. So you need to be patient. Also, I would like of you to understand your anger. You get angry with your children. And it may be your frustration that the child does not get it turned into anger. So understand that many times your frustration that your child is not getting it from the 200 times turning into anger. And it may be your worries about your child turning into anger. You see your child on a tree 10 feet up high. And he's standing on a flimsy branch. And he's wobbling. Today, can you see me? And you, you have this charge of anger surging into you. And you get so worried. And you coax the child to come down. You know, come here, come. You walk him how to come down. Once he is on the ground... You shake him. What's wrong with you? And this is your worries turning into anger. So you need to understand your anger. And your anger intensifies when you read in your child's behavior assumed malice intention, when you exaggerate the situation, or when you label your child. Let's stop at those three points. Assuming malice intention, he is only doing it to annoy me. He is only doing it to get back at me. He is only doing it or she is only doing it not to respect me. This is assumed malice intention. Exaggerate the situation. You're never going to understand. You're never going to get it. This is exaggerating the situation. You driving me crazy. Don't we say that? You're driving me insane. You're driving me crazy. This is exaggeration. And thirdly, labeling. 
you are unappreciative, you are unruling, you are this, you are that. This is labeling. Therefore, you need to free yourself from assumed malice intention. You need to free yourself from exaggerating the situation. Your child is not driving you crazy. And you need to free yourself from labeling. So understand your anger and free yourself from those three anger intensifiers. And also you need to understand your expectations. Your expectations of your child determines how patient you can be with a child. When your child does not meet your unrealistic expectations or realistic expectation, you get very angry. So do not have unrealistic expectations. The child is a child. Our children are nosy, messy, high maintenance creatures and slow learners. Do not forget about that when you are formulating your expectations. Also to handle your anger, be aware of anger igniting situations. There are situations that are high risk situations. After work zone, rush time, interruption time, those are high risk situations. You come home from work, you are tired and fatigued, and your children come home from school, they are tired and fatigued, and if you notice, this is an anger igniting situation. Rush time in the morning. You need to dress everybody, everybody has to go outside the house by a certain time, you need to dress to go to work. Rush time is an anger igniting situation. Also, interruption time. You're talking to somebody, you're talking on the phone, and your five-year-old tapping in. Yes. Yes, okay. No, what do you want? <laughs> right? Don't we do that? This is interruptions. High risk situation. When you are aware of those, you exert more control in order not to blow up in those high risk situations. So do not allow your anger to control you. Anger fits do not produce behavior changes. Anger fits do not produce behavioral changes. Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, إِنَّ اللَّهَ رَفِيقٌ يُحِبُّ الرِّفْقِ وَيُعْطِي عَلَى الرِّفْقِ مَا لَا يُعْطِي عَلَى الْعُنْفِ وَمَا لَا يُعْطِي عَلَى مَا سِوَاهِ Verily Allah is gentle, loves gentleness, and He gives for gentleness that which He does not give for violence or anything else. So the best results can be achieved through gentleness, not through violence. Anger fits are very destructive. Angry parents, in their attempts to discipline their children, oppress them. And that includes squeezing, jerking, shaking, slapping, cussing, yelling, and kicking. Anger fits on children lower their self-esteem, create in them chronic fear, and make them lose trust in their parents. 
and with your anger fit, you may solve one problem. But you're going to create many other problems. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, لا يحكم أحد بين اثنين وهو غضبان Any one of you should not judge between two people while he is angry. What, what you can do instead of getting angry, defer the frustration whenever it's possible to your child. If your child does not write his homework neatly, and you get angry, instead of getting angry, just mark it undone, and you say to your child, do it all over again. You are very calm, and now who is aggravated? Your child. Because you need to understand that child did not do his homework neatly in order to gain time to have more play time. When you tell your child you have to do it all over again, you are depriving him from what he wanted to get through ignoring to do his homework neatly. So you tell him you have to do it all over again, and now you lose the playtime that you wanted to gain. So defer it to your child. And that is a very effective parenting technique. Patience means, in summary, keep yourself from rushing results. Remember, children are slow learners, and also do not give up on your children. You need to try with them over and over and over again. Quality number two that you must have as a parent is to preserve your love. I know you love your children, but you need to preserve your love. Distinguish between emotions and enduring love. Do not let your emotions cripple your love. You get angry, you get upset, and you get mad, and you fear you can take that child and hang him or her from the foot for a while. But those are negative emotions. Do not let your emotions cripple your love. Many mothers and many fathers at a time of anger, make dua against their children. Don't let some parents do that? Well, you need to be very careful. Do not let your emotions control your love or cripple your love. Those emotions must be repressed. Allow yourself to cool off. Bring yourself to an acceptable level of calmness and make sure you preserve your love for your child as he or she or they get on your nerves. Now we are ready to take quiz number one. Why the companions were and still are the best of mankind? Explain the faith model of raising kids. What are the effects of anger fits on children? وَصَلَّى اللَّهُ وَسَلَّمَ وَبَارَكَ عَلَى نَبِيِّنَا مُحَمَّدٍ بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه والذين اتبعوهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين We continue إن شاء الله تعالى our discussion about parenting in this second lecture of this workshop In the first session we talked about the Terbiyah models 
and which one of those models should be followed by the Muslim parents and that is the faith model and the summary of the faith model is to bring to the child's heart Allah's love and to make the child put his hopes in Allah and the last day and remember Allah immensely as a result of that the child by the help of Allah will take Prophet Muhammad as his role model and then we talked about the qualities that every parent must have and we say there are four qualities patience, love, consistency and knowledge and we covered the first two of those qualities patience we talked about how you handle your anger and we talked about love and now insha'Allah ta'ala we start with the third quality of a successful parent and that is consistency as a parent you must be consistent in your approach and consistency means A. To promise what you can deliver and deliver what you promise. If your child misbehaves and you promise him or her a punishment, deliver it. Be ready and prepared to deliver it. Be ready and prepared to deliver it. If you do not want to deliver the punishment, do not threat the child with this punishment. If you are in a car driving to go to a picnic and your children are making a chaos in the car and you say to them, if I hear one more sound, I'm going to turn back and go home. And if you hear one more sound, you'd better be ready to turn back and go home. Because if you don't, they're not going to be taking you seriously. So you'd better deliver what you promise. And also when the child does something good and you promise him or her a reward, deliver it and keep your promises. Many parents promise their children if they do something, if they pass their grade with an A average, they will give them something. And after the child does his part of the contract, the parents say, well, you know, we're going to adjust it. We're going to give you this instead or that instead. And all along, the parent did not have it in him to give the child that reward. But he only told him about it in order to motivate the child. And then he had planned to give him something else. That is a no-no. You should not do that. And also do not promise what you cannot keep. Many parents exaggerate what they say to their children. You're not going to eat ice cream for the rest of your life. Go to your room and stay there for 10 days. Well, this is not realistic. You need to be realistic. And also never lie to your child. Do not coax your child to do something if you do not have it. Say, come here, I'm going to give you a piece of candy. The child comes to you, boom, there's no candy, there's a spanky. Well... Don't do that. That will make your child distrust you. Many people lie to children. They think it's a game or they're just joking with the children. 
And they say, you know what is in my hand? Open your hand, there's something, no there's not something. And they create some kind of a, a foolish conversation. But that foolish conversation, they think it's skittish. But in it, there are many lies. So do not lie to your child. Do not promise what you cannot deliver. And also, do not break your promises when you promise a child some kind of a positive reinforcement. And do not promise unrealistic promises. Also, consistency means what is wrong today is wrong tomorrow. Do not allow your moods to interfere with your judgment. Do not say, I am lazy today, so I do not feel like being a parent. I am lazy today, or I do not feel like it, so you allow your child to do things, and get away with doing things, because you are not in the mood to be a parent. You send confusing messages to your child when you are not consistent. He does not know whether he should or shouldn't do that act. One day he or she does it and they get punished. And one day they do it and nothing happens. One day you reprimand him or her and one day you don't because you're not in the mood to be a parent. So do not allow your mood to interfere with your consistency. Jot this sentence down. I need to be consistent in order to send a clear message to my child. What calls for a reprimand today calls for it tomorrow regardless of your moods. Consistency, however, does not mean to be rigid and unwilling to adopt changes suitable to the age of your child. As your child gets older, you need to change the rules. Do not be in a situation where your child has to come to you and tell you, well, I am 14 years old now, I am not 7 anymore. If your child has to remind you, that means you are rigid in your rules. So you need to change the rules to accommodate the age of your child. And also consistency does not mean to never forgive and overlook. You as a parent need to forgive and overlook whenever that serves the objective of parenting. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Shura 42.40 فَمَنْ عَفَى وَأَصْلَحَ فَأَجْرُهُ عَلَى اللَّهِ He who forgives and improves his reward is upon Allah. What does that mean to you? It means whenever forgiveness brings improvement to the child's behavior, then you should forgive. If forgiveness does not bring improvement, do not forgive. Because it shall be a reason for more problems. I suggest for you to make a list of your children's activities and behaviors. Examine how they behave during certain activities. Bedtime, mealtime, chores, homework, and playtime, to name a few. Right next to each activity, what you feel is the problem. Make your child aware of the, of the problem. 
Tell him about the solution. And monitor his behavior. If he does it again, or if she does it again, let them know that they did it and you know about it, but you will forgive them in order not to do it again in the future. And see what kind of impact that will bring to their behaviors. See how that impacts their behavior. The fourth quality you should have as a parent is knowledge. You as a parent must acquire the know-how of good parenting. Because good parenting is a skill. Just like any other skill, good parenting is a skill. Something that you need to learn. Your participation in this workshop is a step toward learning the know-how of good and effective parenting. Secondly, you need to know what motivates your child to comply. In order to design effective positive and negative reinforcements. Because what makes one child motivated, it may not make another child motivated. You may say to your child, go to your room and stay for one hour. And maybe for your child, this is a, a reward, not a punishment. He will go to his room, lock himself in, or she locks herself in and play with her toys. They're having good time. Give me more of that. So you need to know where it hurts. Not literally, but you need to know what kind of punishment will inhibit the child from doing something and what kind of reward will motivate the child to do something. You as a parent need to acquire this knowledge. Also, you as a parent must gain religious truth in order to impart the truth in your children. Know what patience is. Know what reliance on Allah is. Know what trusting Allah is. Know what remembering Allah is. Know what loving Allah is. Know what taking Allah's messenger as your role model is. And this knowledge will equip you to do two important things. One, to do the things which are pleasing to Allah. And when you as a parent do the things that are pleasing to Allah, Allah will make your children do the things that are pleasing to you. And secondly, to impart in your child those traits and values. Because what you do not possess, you cannot impart. So you as a parent, have to have those four qualities. Patience, preserve your love, consistency, and knowledge. Because I tell you, brothers and sisters, children are trials to their parents. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us that in the Quran. He says, إِنَّمَا أَمْوَالُكُمْ وَأَوْلَادُكُمْ فِتْنَةً وَاللَّهُ عِنْدَهُ أَجْرٌ عَظِيمٌ Your wealth and children are trials for you and Allah has a great reward. Your children are trials for your patience, love, consistency and knowledge and your very obedience to Allah. 
we give in and we cave in to their requests, knowing that entails disobedience to Allah. Some parents do not exert enough patience. Some do not acquire needed information and knowledge. Some let their emotions cripple their love. And some raise their children according to the career model. And some raise their children according to the happiness model. And some raise their children according to the character model. But those parents who go through this trial successfully benefit greatly in this life and in the hereafter. The payoff of proper parenting is very encouraging in this life and in the hereafter. The Prophet said, من عال جاريتين حتى تبلغا جاء يوم القيامة أنا وهو وضم أصابعه Whoever raises two girls until they reach maturity, I and he on the day of judgment are together and he joined his fingers. Who have two girls or more? Or more? See? You are very blessed. Because if you do that, you will be with the Prophet on the day of judgment, if you raise those two girls properly until they reach maturity. The reward of that person who raised two girls properly to be on the day of judgment very close to Allah's Prophet And we all know the difficulties associated with the day of judgment. People will be in fear, people will be very uncomfortable, People will be thirsty, yet the one who raised two girls properly will be very close to Allah's Messenger You know what does that mean? It means he will be in a shade comfortable. He will drink from the Prophet's pool. And that is a very refreshing thought for those who have two girls. How about those who have two boys? Or a boy and a girl? We'll talk about it, inshaAllah. Also the Prophet said, in respect to the same situation, مَنْ عَالَ جَارِيَتَيْنِ حَتَّى تَبْلُغَا دَخَلْتُ أَنَا وَهُوَ الْجَنَّةِ كَهَاتَيْنِ وَأَشَارَ بِأُصْبَعِهِ Whoever raises two girls until they reach maturity, I and he enter Jannah like these, and he raised his two fingers. So the parent will not be only in a good shape on the day of resurrection, but also he or she will enter Jannah very quickly, and once he is in Jannah or she is in Jannah, they will be very close to Allah's Messenger, which means they will be very close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what is this big reward all about? What is it all about? This reward is for, and you need to jot that down, enduring difficulties and exerting patience and holding to consistency and controlling emotions. 
doing what you are supposed to do as parents, training in goodness, admonishing and disciplining and being a good role model for your children. Doing what you are supposed to do as parents is how you protect your family from hellfire. Doing what you are supposed to do as parents is how you protect your family from the hellfire. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu, quu anfusakum wa ahlikum nara, wa quuduhan nasu wal hijara. In 66, verse number 6, All who you believe, prevent yourselves and your families, fire, the fuel of which is humans and stones. So how can you prevent them from this fire? You prevent them the fire while you are in charge of their affairs by admonishing, disciplining and training in taqwa. Because on the day of judgment, you cannot do anything to prevent them from the fire. In fact, you will run away from them and they will run away from you. Each one will worry about his own or her own salvation. So you prevent them from the hellfire while you are in charge of their affairs in this life. Training them in taqwa, disciplining them, admonishing them, and encouraging them to do that which is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when you do whatever you can to protect your family from the hellfire, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will protect you from the hellfire. See how that works? When you do whatever you can, while you are in charge of their affairs, to protect them from the hellfire, Allah as a reward for you will protect you from the hellfire. But now, why two girls? What about two boys? Or a boy and a girl? I think this hadith applies for two girls, Two boys or a boy and a girl. But the mentality before Islam held the thought that girls were dispensable of no, and of no value. And Islam came with the real revolution for protecting lives and liberating women from social and cultural oppressions. You can think of Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as the women's liberator. Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam worked hard to liberate women from social oppressions. The mentality of the people before Islam was to bury newborn girls alive. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to offset this mentality, whoever raises two girls until they reach the age of maturity, him and I on the day of judgment are together. And he joined his fingers and he said, whoever raises two girls until they reach maturity, I and he enter Jannah like these and he raised his two fingers. But liberating women does not mean as the immoral and the impious think to undress women. Liberating women does not mean to undress women or to take women out of their place or to take women away from their hijab. 
Do you hear that? A woman who wears her hijab is a liberated woman from the eyes of immorality. Let's talk about another encouragement to raising children properly. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, إِذَا مَاتَ بْنُ آدَمْ إِنْقَطَعَ عَمَلُهُ إِلَّا مِنْ ثَلَاثِ صَدَقَةٍ جَارِيَةٍ وَعِلْمٍ يُنْتَفَعُ بِهِ وَوَلَدٍ صَالِحٍ يَدْعُو لَهِ When the son of Adam dies, his work stops except for three. Ongoing charity, beneficial knowledge, and a righteous child that prays for him. When you die, you cannot physically do any more good deeds. You cannot pray anymore. You cannot fast anymore. You cannot read Quran anymore. You cannot give charity anymore. You cannot help the needy anymore. You cannot feed the hungry anymore. You cannot deposit in your account with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala any more good marks. Except if you have invested your time, money, and energy while being alive in one of these three perpetual investments that generate to your account good marks after you are in a grave. And after your body decays and your shrouds disintegrate. If you want to be a shrewd investor, Invest your time, energy and money in that which will benefit you when you are in your shrouds and after your shrouds deteriorate. This is your retirement plan. And one of these investments is a righteous child. Every time the child acquires good marks, the same amount comes to your account. But you need to invest your time and energy, and money, to have the qualities of a successful parent, to be patient, to put in it the effort. And as we said, children are what? Nosy? Messy? Slow learners? And high maintenance creatures. But they brighten up the house. Why they brighten up the house? They keep the lights on all the time. Right? When you as a parent exert your utmost efforts to raise your children to be good, believing, devout men and women, and they in fact turn out to be righteous men and women, there is a great payoff for you. Every time your righteous child does a good deed, you automatically, as you are sitting comfortable in your grave doing nothing, good marks are being deposited in your account. Not to mention... Proper parenting brings to you joy, comfort, and satisfaction in this life. Your child will help you and take care of you when you are old, and your child will make you proud of him and her. Let me share with you this story. The Prophet ﷺ was sitting with a group of his companions to include Abu Bakr ibn Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiyallahu anhu and Umar ibn al-Khattab and with them was Abdullah ibn Umar the son of Umar ibn al-Khattab the prophet said tell me about a tree that compares to a Muslim 
it provides its fruit in every season by Allah's leave. Its leaves do not fall. Ibn Umar said, it occurred to me that it was the date tree, but I did not speak because in the meeting were Abu Bakr and Umar and they did not speak. Then the Prophet said, it is the date tree. When we left, I said to my father, Oh my father, it occurred to me that it was the date tree. He said, what kept you from speaking? Had you said it, it would be more dear to me than this and that. So uh, Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu wanted his son to speak and to say the right statement because that will bring a lot of joy to Umar radiallahu anhu. And likewise when you raise your children to be pious men and women and they do the good things and they say the good things and they say the right things, that will bring to you tremendous joy. So the payoff of proper parenting you receive it in this life and in the hereafter. Having said that, inshallah, we move to this, the second topic of our study, and that is children's psychological needs.